You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Well, this has been our wind and fire year. The theme of wind and fire has been our theme all year round. And we introduced that theme to you in January. And I don't know if you remember all the way back in February, I was away here. But the theme for that month, and I've kind of set the themes even throughout the months I was away, it only takes a spark, meaning that God wants to, just the smallest of sparks can light something exciting in, into our lives. And March was strike that match. Let's, let's, let's get at it. Let's start moving forward. We had a series of messages regarding it. April was our burning hearts month. Moving forward. We, we need hearts aflame if we're wanting to catch the wind and fire of the Holy Spirit and work, move forward in what he has for us and in your lives. And May was the fire orchard. We just came out of that. Just the, 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 the idea of the fruit of the Spirit wanting to be produced in our hearts and our lives in order to reflect that to the world around us. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those nine gifts of the fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit growing, changing our character moving us forward in a world that really doesn't reflect many of those at all, those things. We, and it's so easy even for us as followers of Christ to be absent of that fruit. And we want that fruit to be grown, so you, so you need a burning heart to grow the, go into the fire orchard and let God deal with it. But now we're, today we're entering into June's theme. And honestly, I, I don't know if you pick it up, but I, I want us to move somewhere through the course of the 52 weeks of this year. And June's themes is healing winds. And so Carla, in her wisdom, found fans. So far, the winds aren't blowing yet, but, but we're trusting that the, they're going to blow. So little, little things throughout the year, you know, and throughout the Sundays are going to be manifest. The, the subtitle of the healing winds is the church is a spiritual hospital. The church is a spiritual hospital. Sometimes it's an education center, a discipling place where you learn and grow and understand what God's called us to. Other times it's a center of worship. We, it, it's all these things, touching components all the time. But, but this morning we're just beginning the, the healing winds. And the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And it wasn't for some magician's sideshow. It wasn't just to, to um, be entertainment. The promised gift of the Holy Spirit and power was, wasn't for entertainment. It was, it was for something unique. The Father set the Holy Spirit as a gift that enables us to become bold witnesses in a dangerous, unbelieving, and spiritually dark world. Those are the, fa- those are the realities. We're living in a dangerous time. It always has been dangerous, but it seems to be just growing in its, its, its complexity with artificial intelligence, with social media, with weapons designed of mass destruction, of all kinds of things happening. But the ones dead in sin, you're now alive in Christ. And just like Jesus sent out the disciples all those years ago, we're to be sent out in power to bring the good news of the gospel around the world. It's still called the Great Commission, and it's never been rescinded. You're part of that end-time army, that, that, that legacy that God began all those years ago. But first, a joke. I don't know if you know this, but long before Pastor Craig found Lori Lynn, where's Pastor Craig? He's just always my target. I, as long as I can run faster than him, I'm good. He wanted to become a monk. Can you believe it? So he went into the monastery and talked to the head monk. The head monk said to Craig, first, Craig, you must take a vow of silence. It could only say two words every three years. 
Pastor Craig agreed, and after the first three years, the head monk came to him and said, what are your two words? Food, cold, Craig replied. Three more years went by, and the head monk came to Pastor Craig and said, what are your two words? Robe, dirty, Craig explained. Three more years went by, and the head monk came to Craig one more time and said, what are your two words? He said, I quick, said Craig. The head monk says, I'm not surprised. All you've done is complain ever since you got here. And that's how Craig became Pastor Craig at Mapleview. That Craig, he's, you know, all of us have backgrounds, you know. I just, uh, you know. Scripture tells us in the book of Romans that in light of God's mercy, do you, feel, do you find yourself, uh, we're under God's mercy. In light of God's mercy, you are to present or to offer your bodies now as a living sacrifice. And that becomes your true and proper worship. Because of the mercy of God, the goodness of God to you, you are now to present your bodies back to Jesus as a living sacrifice showing true and proper worship. Scripture goes on to tell us that in order to become that type of worshiper, a true and proper worshiper, bodies as living sacrifice, you can no longer be conformed to this world. Now listen, these are powerful words and they impact all of us all the time. Conform, you, you don't follow the things of this, conform to this world, but be transformed. A metamorphosis is to take place by the renewing of your mind and then you will be able to test and prove what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. There is a perfect will of God that you can walk in. Now, if you follow some of the things we've talked about in the last number of months, this all begins by abiding in the vine, in Jesus. It starts there. Abiding in the vine is how your character will be changed. The closer you are to Jesus, he's going to tell you, speak to you things. You're going to be revealed different things in your heart, in your lives. You're going to go, oh, my goodness, there it is. I need to change. By growing in the nine fruit I mentioned earlier is going to help you, your character, be transformed. The person that you were before you gave your life to Jesus is not going to be the person the longer you serve him. You're going to have more love, peace, patience, joy, all of those different things. Now, just so you know, the fruit of the Spirit reveals to me, and you, as you can see in me as well, how much abiding in the vine we are doing. Does that make sense? If we're not showing love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. If it's a diminishing quality, if it's not rec reflected in your life, that might be something we need to consider. Abiding, when you begin to abide in the vine, it begins leading you to the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And that's where it begins with abiding. And, and Jesus says again, wait for the gift my Holy, the Holy, of the Holy Spirit my Father promised. See, when then you're submerged in the Holy Spirit, your conduct will be changed. Not only your character changes when you're, by the fruit of the Spirit, but your conduct changes. By praying and waiting to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that the Father promised, it's going to equip you and enable you to be clothed with the gifts of the Spirit, another component of what God wants his church to walk in, the power of God. It's explained in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. 
So if you take a look, a loose pattern begins to be recognized. Now, I look for patterns in scriptures. They're not legalistic, and they're not always work this way, but in a general sense. When you get serious about your pursuit of having an intimate relation, pursuit of an intimate relationship with Jesus, seeking first his kingdom, you're going to open the door for your whole body, soul, and spirit to prosper. When you get serious about that. You see, the next step in the pattern of transformation is becoming the living sacrifice that Paul is talking about. So it's a process. And you're... This is no embarrassment. This is no shame on anybody. But many of us need to get healed from, the sin, from sin's destructive power that had been working in our life for so long. If you see sin as a sickness, it's a destructive power. It, it takes, listen, you are transformed in a moment. You're justified. You are, if some, you go, but the sanctification, the healing process of your heart and mind is, might take some time. God wants to in, restore. Now, now, you have to be firm on this. I'm really firm on this. God wants to restore your entire being, everything about you, spirit, soul, and body. It's not just a, 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 a wishful thinking. It's a scriptural response. The Apostle John writes this in 3 John. Beloved, and the word of God is inspired. We learn from the word of God. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper. Some of you have problems with prosperity. He's praying. I'm not just talking finances. I'm talking about, and he says, be in good health. Be in good health just as your soul prospers. Spiritual hospital. We, we begin to link scriptures together. And when you begin to do, again, patterns begin to form. Jesus is known as the great physician. Jesus said to his disciples, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, Jesus is the great physician. He wants you whole. He's, he's coming. He came in part to forgive you of sin, but to bring freedom to you and live a life that's healthy. See, no matter what the outer man looks like or what the outer circumstances may be reporting, I'm always going to stand firm in believing that God, through either medical intervention, natural intervention, and in many moments, divine interventions, really does desire his children to be healthy and flourishing when they meet him face to face doesn't mean you're not going to have any challenges along the way. I'm not, I, 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 there's going to be challenges. I've also concluded that I'm not wise enough or smart enough or discerning enough to know the reasons for when those things, healings, do not occur. But i got to tell you, I'll never stop believing that healing can occur at some points, anytime, through the faith, grace, and mercy that Jesus has revealed to us. There's so much. There's so much, a bulk of evidence throughout Scripture that would suggest that to me. So maybe it's not there yet, but don't stop believing. If I was to take a look at the Apostle Paul's early journey, you would see a spiritual winds of healing happening in his life throughout the days that he walked with Jesus. If we look at the Apostle Peter, first we see the healing winds blowing life's transformation shortly after Jesus' resurrection. What I just say that? On Good Friday... Peter denies even knowing the Lord. He lied about knowing Jesus three times. He'd seen great miracles, helped feed the 5,000, saw blind eyes open, ears healed, lame men walk. 
He had a witness that you and I have never seen before. And yet on the day that Jesus needed him, he denied him. Three days, you got to think three days of misery, the moment afterward, the denial. Have you ever done something and felt bad right after it? That was bad. Then the resurrection occurs. And on the evening of that first day of the week, we find Peter with the rest of the disciples hiding behind locked doors. They were afraid. Their, their, their Lord and Master had just been crucified. Would they be next? They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. But that's when we read in Scripture that Jesus comes and stands among them. He comes right through the door, right, right through the walls. He, his body's been transformed. And he says, peace, with, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. There's a beginning. There's a, there's a transformation going on. Those, he's speaking life into a moment that there was just afraid and fear. He says, I am sending you. And with that, he said, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Peter is born again on that late on Easter morning. Then some time passes and Jesus appears again to his disciples, this time by the Sea of Galilee. I think that's the only thing that's missing here today is the Sea of Galilee. And they know it's him because another miraculous catch of fish that tips off the disciples, similar to what had happened three years earlier when they were called into ministry to follow him. After breakfast, after meeting with them, Jesus deals with Peter's grievous failure in a denial and his denial and, and reinstates him three times. He asks him, Peter, do you love me? Peter says it three times. Interesting, three times again. And that begins a process, not only the born again moment when Jesus breathes on all the disciples, but forgiveness begins to really be seen and, and inner healing begins to occur. The winds of healing are blowing over Peter. Then at the ascension, Jesus comes, to the, comes in the command to wait for the Holy Spirit to empower them to be witnesses. He says, okay, so remember that the Holy Spirit is, the, the submerging of the Holy Spirit is different than what they, Jesus breathed in them and the born again experience. And 120 wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. When it occurs, I mentioned it last week, we talked about it, all are filled with the Holy Spirit begin to speak in other tongues. Peter begins to speak in an unknown spiritual language of either men or angels. That's what tongues is, a, a language unknown to you or an angelic uh, language. You say, how do I get that? Well, 1 Corinthians says this, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, doesn't matter, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbals. A little, little uh, moment there that the gift of the Holy Spirit is, if it's not accompanied with love, it's just a clanging symbol. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in a spiritual language, and if you don't have love, that doesn't help you at all. And then right after the, Peter waits, Peter you know, is filled with the Holy Spirit, he preaches his first sermon, and 3,000 come to believe in Jesus as the Lord, and, and the church is born that day. Something amazingly transformational has gone on. And then follow the story. Shortly after, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John on their way to the temple, see a man, a lame man, who'd been sitting since birth, he'd been lame, and he was sitting at the temple gate, beautiful. And Peter reaches out and touches this man, bus and prays for him, heals it, heals this man. Power evangelism begins to happen in the earlier church, just like Jesus. He says this, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. 
He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God, when all the people saw him walking and praising God. Verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in that place called Solomon's Colonnade. In the middle of his sermon, right when he's speaking, Peter and John are dragged away and put in jail. But as a result of that ministry that day, 5,000 people came to Christ. He was the same guy that a few months before was hiding behind closed doors, locked doors, afraid, fearful, denied the Lord. Something has transformed Peter. Well, it's God working in his life, Jesus working in his life. He's working in all of your lives all the time. Peter with soul prospering, mind transformed, body becomes a living sacrifice in a sense, becomes a witness in Jerusalem. Isn't that what Jesus said? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. We have an example of what it looks like when someone's life is transformed. They become a witness. Peter was the guy only two months back, was hiding behind closed doors. Now he's in prison after calling the lame man to rise up and walk. The fruit of the Spirit in, Paul, in Peter's life, compassion and all that, connected to the gift of the Spirit, the healings, and the conduct that he begins to reach out. And that what we find is, once again, Peter's locked behind closed doors for witnessing in the place of fear, Jerusalem. He was no longer afraid. I, I kind of look at it and go, well, that's a living sacrifice. That's what a living sacrifice looks like. Someone who's just willing to do whatever it takes. But it's a process. It didn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen always in our lives overnight. Time's a big part of it, and your openness is a big part of it. Can you say, though, as you see, if you follow the pattern, the demonstration of the Spirit's dunamis power, that dynamite power, can you say witnesses in Jerusalem? Can you say this is a dangerous world? We need that same thing, total transformation. Well, this, to me, reveals the need for winds of healing to occur in many of our lives. So, here we are today. Are you going to follow the pattern? That's the question. It's always the question. It comes to us. The need to keep abiding. Are you going to keep abiding in the vine? Even when it's not easy. It's not easy. Oh my goodness, it's not easy to abide in the vine when things aren't going well. When we're parched. Are you going to wait for the Spirit's baptism? Taking the time to be transformed. Are you open to that? Remember, from death to life. God wants you to take off the grave clothes and put on the garments of praise. Just like Lazarus was wrapped up, he was dead. But then they unwrapped him from the grave clothes. He became alive. He became dangerous. When you are filled with the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, you're the dangerous one to the world. Are you open, though, to being healed from the past wounds, failures, sinful lifestyles? And are you genuinely wanting to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Do you really want it? Because God has something for you. But you got to really want it. It's not just an abracadabra, here it is. You got to want this. You got to, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul hungers and thirsts after God. You got to want it for this stuff to be happening. It's not easy. Remember, you can be transformed. You can have the renewal of your mind. Things can change your life. It doesn't, even now, the, no matter how long you've been serving Jesus, you feel like there's been moments of challenge. Jesus says in Matthew, Come to me, all who are weary 
and burdened, and I will give you rest. There's a, there's a momentum. There's movement involved. You're going to have a tough time prospering in all respects of your life and be in good health, health, which includes your thinking, your mind, being optimistic in a pessimistic world, your actions, your will, choosing, choosing well is difficult today, and your attitudes, your emotion, your emotions, social fitness. We were big enough. Physical fitness, what about social fitness? If you continue to want all of these things and desire them, you, can't, you have to stop living a life in exhaustion. That's weariness. Fatigue is weariness. At the same time, you're exhausted and weary while holding on to both your present and past burdens. You, you're going to be a slug. <laughs> you're barely going to move. But that's not the will of God. That's not the perfect and pleasing will of God for you to be there. You see, if you want to experience the winds of healing from exhaustion and fatigue in order to become a living sacrifice, then you need to come to Jesus. And that's not just for salvation. That's for your daily bread. That's for, for all that your needs, all that you face. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free, Galatians talks about. My, my, my quest for this year is, are you going to open the window of your soul to the cooling winds of healing brought by the Holy Spirit? Peter received forgiveness from his failure. He was reinstated. His destiny was restored. That's an amazing thing. I, I, I got to tell you, that's an amazing thing that you can have your destiny restored through the power of God, through forgiveness of sin, through, through transformation. A destiny that was broken can be sure. Wait for the gifted gift of the promise and became a, became a witness, Peter did, and began a ministry to the broken, to the sick, to the ailing, bringing healing. It's, that's Peter, Pastor. That's not me. What about me? I, I, I'm not, I, I can't fit myself into Peter's position. The word of God that he leaves with us points us in a direction where we too can live an overcoming life. The winds of healing include both applying the wisdom and patterns for living everyday life found throughout the word of God. It's all there for us to follow all the time. It always has been. For instance, listen to this. Listen, and you, you need to know this is not, I'm not, I can't make an exhaustive argument in 20 minutes. There's so many scriptures, so I just pick and choose a few. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart. Laughter is medicine to the soul. How many of you are really laughing anymore? How many of you are laughing? I mean, how, when was the last time you had such laughter you could? Tears were rolling down your eyes. That you couldn't stop. They, something took... I, I, I mean, Jody and I laugh a lot. Laughter is good medicine. Some of you are so busy, so stressed, you haven't laughed for a while. A recent study of centurions, those 100 years and older, found that they considered laughter as an important part of their life. If you want... That's just some studies are showing that laughter is a big deal. How about... I, I mean, this sounds like I'm just picking a few things, but how about giving? For God loves a cheerful giver. 
When you begin to give your time, your energy, your finances, you might even laugh. And laughter is good medicine. Cheerful heart. The Bible says the opposite of a cheerful heart of giving. So listen to this. This is what Proverbs said. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Greed takes away the life of its possessors. Some of you haven't learned to give yet. Some of you think it's self-serving to give. Oh, I need a... No. Holding back, you're holding your hand clenched from those around that need it. It's taking away your life. According to the, remember, we have this word of God that we want to follow. Well, it's one area. How about considering the remedies found in the Garden of Eden or the fire orchard or the earth? Listen to this, Genesis chapter 1, 2. I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Listen, it's no secret. Your diet affects your health. Like, and yet, we continue to have poor diets. Now, I'm not a naturopath or any of that thing, but the fact of the matter is, some of us, to be healthy and strong, to get healed totally, you're going to have to, remember, re transform your mind, renewing your mind of what you think, how you act, how you, your attitudes. Psalm 104, verse 14. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth. We're, we, we can do better than just eat sugar all day long. It's not healthy. We know that. I'm talking about the spiritual hospital that in part, involves every part of your being. You want to be healed of lung cancer, you gotta, one of the things you might want to stop is smoking. And allow the Lord to do something. But you can't, you got to get rid of whatever is alien you in order for God to touch you, heal you, and for it to be sustained. And of course, of course, this is the main part. And I get it. You know, I'm kind of straying off here a little bit for maybe some people here. But of course, having faith to believe in divine and miraculous healing comes through the Holy Spirit's guidance. There is divine healing. There is the prayer of faith that heals the sick. All of, That's true, but there's some things that we can do to accompany that. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Get up and walk. And so Peter says, that's faith. Faith is a big part, but let's not forget about the other things that we can be participating in. God has wants your life to be prosperous and be in good health. And I said, I'm not a health practitioner, but I know this. Two things that you cannot live without. Oxygen and water. Those are two things, necessity. And I was thinking about this. It's incredibly interesting to me, and think about it, that Jesus compares himself directly to water. He says, I'm the living water. Some of us aren't even drinking water. He says, I, water is important to health. And if it's anything I haven't done most of my life, it's drink water. But I got to tell you, I'm trying to change. Jesus said to the woman at the well, phys her physically, emotionally, mentally parched woman at the well, all those things were going on. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sorry, worship team, for your papers. They're all over. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them 
will become in them a spring of water welling up to life. I want to be well up to the life that God has for me. I want to well up. So just a few, I, I mean, again, I want to be practical. There's a lot going on. And remember, maybe replace your mid-afternoon coffee with water. Just trace, try some state changes. You got to change. Be transformed. Replacing binge-watching Netflix with teaching podcasts or maybe some YouTube messages. Replace overthinking with action. Sitting around thinking of your problems versus going out for a walk and just see how beautiful it is. Jody and I have been trying to do that walk every morning. We found a new path, and it's about a five to six kilometer walk. We try to get out by about 6.30. Don't always, it's about an hour long. It's beautiful just walking. It's quiet, it's peaceful. It's birds are singing. It's just beautiful. Replace toxic friends with mentors. Get part of a life group. Pastor John's working on life groups, and we need you to get really consider that. He's even making one that we all want to go to, a, a golf life group, golfing life group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the pastors have already signed up. We're in. Pastor John's going to pay somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Replace complaining with gratitude. Start making things that you're grateful for. Not the, Throw out the list that you're angry about. Replace wasting money with investing. I mean, missions is a good place to invest. The returns are out of this world. Replace late nights with going to bed earlier. Replace sleeping in with rising early in the mornings. Thing, these are things that will maybe help health come to your body. Now, you're going to need the divine touch too, but you can't keep doing all the other things and expect for a, a life change. And I'm not trying to make anything legalistic here. Oh, you're telling me I can't do it. No, I'm just say, asking you to consider that if you want the breath of the Holy Spirit, new life in your body, soul, and spirit, then you may want to consider switching some things up. Albert Einstein said, a lot of you have heard this, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting different results. I don't want to do that. Finally, Christ's broken body. Christ's side was pierced, and we want to prepare ourselves for the communion. So if you have the little communion emblem there with you, please make it ready for yourselves. Christ's side pierced, and blood and water flowed. Holy communion is possibly, and I believe, the greatest image that we have of divine healing in the Bible. There's lots of pictures, lots of moments of time, but this one far exceeds everything else. There's healing in the bread and the cup when you partake the emblems in remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross. The Bible's quite clear. There's so many scriptures that it talks about. Luke 22, 20. Jesus tells us that the cup is the new covenant, brand new, new creation, brand new. He's made you new. He's prepared you for the new worlds to come, the new heavens, new creation, new covenant between God and his people. You have a contract. God's made a contract with you, an agreement confirmed with Jesus becoming a living sacrifice for you and me. He showed us the way all the time. He became the living sacrifice, showing that following the Father's will, perfect in every way, perfect and pleasing will. Beginning with forgiveness, the Apostle Paul tells us that the blood of Jesus brings the, forgi brings the forgiveness of sin. With 
Colossians, who says, Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins is by his blood. But being born again, and sometimes somehow we stop there. Being born again is the, only the beginning, and it's not the end. That's the exciting part about when you become born again, and you give your heart to Jesus, and you pray the sinner's prayer, and things begin to change, and faith begins to arise. That's the, not, the, it's not the end point. It's the beginning. That's when things get exciting. And communion is God's ordained avenue of healing and wholeness. You need to be aware that divine healing came at a price. It comes at a great price. Jesus' body was broken so you could be made whole. His blood shed for the forgiveness of your sin. Eating the bread is symbolic of his life flowing into our mortal bodies. His broken body, bread. We need bread to live. Bread is important. And it's Jesus' broken body that we partake of is symbolic of divine health flowing into you. Drinking the cup, you are symbolically being made righteous by receiving Christ's forgiveness. He did it all for us. It's all there. His righteousness comes into your life when you take the communion. Jesus' blood he shed on the cross gives us right standing before God. And we can go, when you're in right standing, the Bible says you can go boldly into his presence. You don't have to cower. You don't have to tremble. You don't have to... Jody read me the scripture this week during some times of devotion. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Wow. God wants you in the garden with him. He wants you whole. He wants your, you to be healthy. By his stripes that fell on his back, your body is healed from the crown of your head to the very soles of your feet. That's what the Bible talks about in Jesus' name. So I want to proclaim, I want to pray a prayer of healing over you this morning. Father, I thank you for the winds of healing that are blowing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that there are those in this place that body, soul, and spirit need a touch, a fresh touch of God on. And you're here to do that. And I pray, God, as we partake of the bread this morning, that from the crown of our head to the very soles of our feet, you would touch. In Jesus' name, let's partake of the bread together. The cup. We thank the Lord Jesus for his precious blood spilt for us. It was all powerful. It's hard for us to even comprehend when I say all his blood all powerful. That you can be sin free. That you can be disease free. That you can be poverty free. There's so much riches that God has for us. I'm not just talking physical riches. That through his blood shed on the cross, I am forgiven both past sin, present sin. When I come to Jesus, even future sin is provided for. And made we're made completely righteous in him. Is there anything more that Jesus can do to show you that he loves you? and cares for you. Let's pray for the cup.
Thank you, Lord, for loving us in such a way that goes beyond our imagination. We cannot even comprehend what it is and how deep your love for us is, that you want us to live a life of freedom, of, re of purpose. It may not look like others because we're not conformed to this world, but we've been renewed and transformed. Our bodies become living sacrifices. We do the will of God over anything and all things. We walk with you, Holy Spirit. We're empowered our, by the Spirit. Our conduct changes. Our character changes. And we're made completely righteous. Lord, we receive this by faith this morning because I know it looks beyond our ability to do on our own. And it is. It's only through the precious and powerful blood of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, let's partake together the cup. And you're standing before the Lord right now. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. We have little emblems of oil. And I'd just like to make it available this entire month. If you need some special prayer, private, just personal, you just want to do what the Word of God tells us, then we're going to make it available, right? It's up to you to make that step of faith toward them this coming uh, month, over this coming month. And we'll just believe God to see what happens. Listen, there's no embarrassment, no fear, no worry. Don't let opportunities like this pass for Jesus to do something brand new. You're under this tent for a reason. He's called you, and he wants to make you whole. I believe that with all my heart. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the winds of healing that we're going to believe are going to blow this entire month over our congregation, not always just in public. I pray that they would happen in private. I pray as they go to visit doctors that they'll be hearing uh, miraculous reports. I pray that diets and exercise and all kinds of things will be, begin to transform us into the person that you want us to be. I pray that we would consider uh, transforming everything about our life that does not line up with your word. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you do want us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' precious name. And everybody would say, Hallelujah. There you go. Everybody would say, Hallelujah. All right. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm -hmm.